This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, Lord. And the After Amen podcast. That's this right. That's right. Co-promotion. So, before we get all jumbled, if you will, I'm Casey. I'm Jonah. I'm Josh. I'm Tanya. And I'm Connor. <laughs> all right. So, those on the Wrestling for the Faith side know uh, Casey and know Jonna. And then we have Josh, Tanya, and Connor Stroop. They are, uh, uh, let's see, the good parts of the Stroop family. No, I'm just <laughs> totally, totally kidding. Totally kidding. I, I love the rest of them, too. But, <laughs> but no, uh, you guys are on you are the I almost said promoters. You're not you're not promoters of a show. <laughs> Y'all do the After Amen podcast and I I know me and Chad had it in our minds to have y'all on like a year ago whenever y'all first started that thing and we just could not ever line it up. So, now today we finally got time and here we are. That's right. Yeah, actually uh um looked at her the other day and I said you know, we've had y'all on our podcast. Yeah. Um, I, and I looked at her and I said, why haven't we had Chad on our podcast? <laughs> so I actually, I, I messaged him a little while ago and I think we're going to record this, this Friday. That'll be good. Very good. So to jump into this, I always kind of wanted to dig in a little bit. And like I mentioned, this is kind of a co-promotion thing. This audio is going to be on both. Um, podcast platforms or yes it's going to be on wrestling for the faith and it's going to be on the after amen podcast uh so uh we're just going to kind of go back and forth have a conversation and uh but i'm going to start it out with you guys how did y'all get into the podcasting uh for those out there listening how did y'all get in how did y'all get the idea uh, of getting a podcast going. Well, um, why are you looking at me? <laughs> so, you know, I, I think everybody knows by now that I'm I'm a big wrestling fan. And so You don't say. Yeah, a little bit. Really? So um looking through podcasts one day, searching through, and I just typed in wrestling and I come down and I find this wrestling for the faith. And I saw some Casey Cage guy. I had no clue who that was. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I saw Chad Gunner Lale, you know, and, and I was like, hey, I know that guy from TNA, you know. I was like, hey, wrestling, Jesus. Okay, let me check this out. So started listening to you guys. Preface this by saying that you're a podcast nut. Oh, yeah. I listened to tons of podcasts. Yeah. Got you into listening yes, to podcasts. Yes, you did. You did. And so I started listening to you guys and, and just, you know, kind of fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And so talking to her, we were actually coming home from, from Christmas and we got to talking about podcasting and stuff. And we just kind of looked at one another and we're like, let's do it. You know what, what's stopping us? You know, we, we both are listening to podcasts. It's, it's not that hard. So I don't know if I said it wasn't that hard. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think you kind of had some hesitation. Um, no, yeah. Mama overthinks everything. She's oh, yeah. like, it's okay. I don't do but that. But when she finally looked at me and just said, let's do it. And I was like, okay. 
So and Connor jumped in and was like, yeah. I mean, I'll help you edit it and do whatever I need to do, you know. I'm a nerd, so I knew the tech stuff they needed. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the computer brain of it all. So, <laughs> and, and so from there, you know, that's that's when I sent you a message um, about, you know, what y'all use and, and what equipment y'all use. But wait, you have to. So he tells me he was like, well, I'm I follow both of them on Instagram. So I'm going to reach out to him on Instagram and see if I can find out see if they'll tell me like what they use, what their, you know, their experience with everything has been. and. I'm like, they are not going to message you back. I was like, <laughs> I probably get tons of messages. Why would they message some country boy in yeah, 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 some yeah. country boy in Mississippi back? Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, I'm going to message him anyway. And I'll be doggone that Tennessee boy. Message that Mississippi boy right on back. <laughs> and yes, I that straight marked out. Yes. <laughs> hey, here here's a lesson though. Don't be afraid to step out and do something yeah. you're feeling right. made to do. Yeah. Right. Because hey, just with that, just with that simple connection, look where we are today. Oh my over, goodness. Yeah. Over a year later, and we're all kingdom family now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I often think back to that and I feel so ashamed because I was the one that was like, oh, that'll never, you know, they're they're not going to, you know, reach back out to you. And he was so confident and so um, and we've had this discussion before, you know, how there's been a lot of times where um, I've kind of been the naysayer or the negative person and not so much that I like to be a negative person. It's just, I overthink things like Connor said. And, um, and I tend to think, well, there's no way something like that could happen for me, you know? Mm. And what I've realized, especially in the last year, and this has been, you know, God has used this podcast and these connections with you guys and the rest of our kingdom family to prove to me that I don't ever need to put limits on him again, ever. Yeah. (laughs) And you need to quit uh, using the, I'm, I feel ashamed. Yeah. You need to stop that. Oh, I'm I'm working on her with that. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Jonna. You know, she she says things to me like, like when she's getting ready in the morning, she'll look at me and she's like, does this look bad? I was like, how about you ask, does this look good? Instead of saying, does this look bad? Let's let's lean toward the optimistic side. Ah, yes. I I'm a that. work in progress, like, y'all. I'm a work she's in working. She's working. <laughs> Me too. Hey, I'll I'll tell you one thing. Just since the first time that we met to now, there's a there's a total difference in you. Oh yeah. So yeah. praise the Lord for that. Yes. Amen. Amen. You want so finish? anyway. Uh, one of us who was not stuck up messaged you back. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. I just, I, I just got to it first. But anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but, but yeah, he, uh, Casey messaged me back. And uh, yes, I may have marked out just a little bit. And uh, even though I didn't know who that guy was. Oh, y'all should have seen me when he told me y'all responded. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think he. <laughs> I think he marked out more than I did. Um, and he just kind of, you know, 
you kind of told me what y'all use and, and all that. And I, I came to her and she was like amazed that y'all even messaged me back, you know? And, and then once, uh, once y'all actually sent me your personal cell phone numbers, she, she was like, are you serious? And then it became like, it literally became like this brotherhood. Like yeah, the three yeah. of y'all were texting all the time and encouraging one another. And it just became this. And I don't want to say I was jealous because it wasn't a jealousy, but it was like, I was proud and I was, at the same time, like, man, it would be nice to have that with a group of girls. <laughs> and look what happened. Boy, did I not know what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. From there, we dove in with both feet. I think the, the only thing I think you didn't mention was that the whole purpose of us wanting to even start a podcast was because we felt like, and this is not a knock against churches um, by any means because we were part of one at the time, but I mean, we still part of one that came out wrong, but anyway, (laughs) Um, but we, we noticed that the church was not doing a very good job at discipling Mm -hmm. and um, it was the, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of discipling that needed to happen. And that was our heart. And we just wanted to come alongside people and in whatever way we could. And we're not experts, but walk with them through the word of God. And we were determined that, you know, what we discussed on the podcast was going to be rooted in God's word. and. Um, so when we started talking about names, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, what are we going to call it? <laughs> and like, we're coming up with all this stuff that has to do with discipleship. And Josh is like, what about after amen? And I was like, huh? And he was like, you know, like what happens after amen? Like when you go to church at the end of the service, most all preachers pray, you know, a dismissal prayer. What happens after that? Amen. Or what happens after that amen you say when you give your life to Christ? Or um, when you read Matthew 28, 19, and 20, at the end of it, it says, amen. Okay, go make disciples, da-da-da-da-da, and then amen. Well, what's after that amen? Like, how do we walk this out? How do we do this? How do we make disciples? So that was our that was our heart. Yeah, because, you know, personally, I... I was that way. You know, I, I think me and you actually talked about this the other day, Casey, that, you know, I did a get out of hell free prayer. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that was my prayer, you know, is I don't want to go to hell, mm-hmm. but no one ever discipled me on what I was supposed to do from there. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, for years it was a roller coaster, you know, I would, yeah, I love the Lord, but I, I still want to do things the world way, you know? So it was up and down, up and down for years until finally it just clicked. And, you know, I had a few people that, you know, started speaking into my life, you know, and things. And, but 
honestly, I think until I met you and Chad, I don't, I don't think I ever really sold out to God and just really dove completely in and, and had that brotherhood. And uh, so from, you know, just personal experience of not being discipled, that's kind of what we wanted to do is, yeah, we don't know everything about the Bible, but we want to help others to understand how to live for God. Amen. That's awesome. That was that was going to be my next question. How y'all come up with the name after Amen and <laughs> what was the meaning behind it? Because yeah. I don't think I've ever actually talked to y'all about that. Yeah. But that's that's awesome. And that is a really good that's a really good thing to think about because you're exactly right. There's a lot of people, and I mean, you know, for me, maybe I would have went in a different direction if if there would have been more of a discipleship for me when I was 14. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty much, you know, the way I understood it. Hey, repeat this prayer, get dunked underwater, and then be a good church member for the rest of your life. And that's right. That just that just didn't do it for me. I mean, yeah. I was like, eh, you know. And yeah. of course, the Holy Spirit comes in. You you desire to become a new creation. But uh, you going along with the discipleship. That's what you also have to come to the understanding of what it means to hear that still small voice and be led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you'll hear these things, but you're like, am I talking to myself? What is <laughs> going on here? I, you know? And then unless you, you know that, Hey, Holy spirit's living in you now. Holy yeah. spirit wants to lead and guide you in all truth. Like Jesus said, mm-hmm. then you don't know what to do with it in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, someone said to me the other day, we were talking about we had some tent revivals in our area last summer. And there was I was telling her about one of the biggest things about that tent revival that literally broke my heart. It was a great tent revival and a lot of amazing things happened. But I watched this one young man. He came in drunk, uh, bound. Um, There was a demonic stronghold that had a grip on him and he was delivered that night and experienced a miraculous experience with God and an encounter with God. But what broke my heart is I had no confidence in any of the leaders that were under that tent. And this is not I'm not trying to cut anybody down by any means, but I had no confidence that any one of those leaders, I did not know for sure that they were going to follow up with this person. And I walked away from that tent revival and I remember being in tears and telling Josh, I don't know that they're going to fall. Who's going to follow up with him? Who's going to make sure that he is listening to the right people? Who's going to make sure that he finds a place to plug in, whether it's with, um, you know, a Bible study, whether it's at a local church, whatever it is, who's going to make sure that that happens. And I was talking to a lady about this last Wednesday and she made the statement. She said, I am tired of seeing the church leave orphans. 
And when she said that, the word orphans just hit me and Josh, I think, to the core. And we both had tears streaming down our face. And that is that is what we want more than anything is to for people not to feel like they're orphans and they're just hanging out there by themselves and they give their life to Christ and they maybe they get water baptized. But like what comes next? They don't you know, we want to our goal is to you know, do what we can and let God lead us so that we can, we can be mentors to people like that, or we can, um, speak into their lives through this podcast or through our daily lives or whatever, so that God can connect us to people. And, you know, Casey, you've been talking a lot lately, I think really since you went and watched Jesus revolution and we have too about, really accepting people and meaning that phrase come as you are. Because I think mm-hmm. for us, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I've mentioned this on our podcast multiple times and in our, you know, our family time that we spend together, I have struggled in the past with looking at the way someone looks when they walk in the door of a church. Cause I was raised in church. And when I, when I was younger, I was taught that you don't come to church in shorts. You go in your Sunday best and um, you dress to the nines because you want to be respectful of the house of God. And so for me, it was almost like I looked down on people when they came into the church ragged or dirty or smelling or uh, walk by you and it seems like they just walked out of a bar. Um, But the reality of it is we've got to come to a place where we are willing to accept them just as they are. Mm -hmm. They're looking for an authentic, true representation of Christ. And we've got to be the ones to show them that. And exactly. I was going to say, um, Kind of like what Casey was saying earlier, how, you know, you say a prayer, get dunked in water, and then you just be a good church member. Well, I know people who have wanted more than that. Mm-hmm. And not everybody follows the right, like, people saying saying stuff. Like, they go out and they, they're, they're trying to learn more, but in trying to learn more, they stumble across something that they think is true, and it's misleading them. And they don't realize that it's misleading them. And so that's why I think discipleship is so important is because they need to know the truth because there are a lot of people out there with agendas that want to pass a false narrative. That is not true. This guy Mm -hmm. is listening to stuff that is taking stuff in the Bible way out of context to, to try and manipulate his thinking. And it's so off from what the Bible means. And it just, it breaks my heart because all he genuinely wanted more of God. And and now he's listening to things that are just, I mean, they're not, they're not true at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, about the, I thought it was interesting last week. Uh, I had Jason on. We talked about judgmental Christians. And then uh, you guys' uh, episode last week was talking about James 4 and judgment. And, and I think it's important to, to point out there is a huge difference in being judgmental in a condemning way Mm -hmm. and being 
uh, are holding someone accountable. Mm-hmm. We are all, uh, as followers of Jesus, to hold each other accountable according to the word of God, not according to our opinions, yeah, not according to our political preferences, not right. according to all that junk, but according to what the word of God says, we're to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tanya, I believe it was you on, on y'all's episode last week, you mentioned that uh, we're not to judge the world. And, mm-hmm. and Paul talks about that in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. The people in the world, they don't, they don't know. Right. You know, and, and a lot of them have been brought up in some sort of a, a religious background. Some of them completely not, but yeah. a lot of people know what is right and wrong according to some religious traditions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as spiritually, what what God says is right and wrong. A lot of people who are not, they're not born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. So they don't, they don't know and they really don't care. Mm-hmm. They're so, lost. They don't realize that they're doing wrong. Exactly. So the biggest mistake of the church for so long, and I, when I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. The biggest mistake is that we have looked on people outside the church and beat them down. The 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 LGBTQ rallies and the the whatever else, you know, all of these people who are not part of the body of Christ, we beat them down and it gives the church a black eye. Yeah. Because those people don't know. And yes, we should uh, be saying, you know, hey, biblically, this is wrong. This is not mm-hmm. like as far as the country. This is not a direction that we, uh, you know, believers should be wanting the country to go or or government to uh, adopt these kind of things into law. But it's not up to us to just harp on those things. Uh, it's. It's up to us to speak the truth in love. And just like I've always said about how the the church, the, another big problem with the church is we want to go out. We want to hand them our, our business card with our church name and address on it. And we want to say, hey, come to our church, come to our church, come to our church. Instead, why don't we go and present the gospel to them and, and get them in Christ? And then they won't have a problem trying to find a church because they'll have that desire to yeah. be around other believers. Yeah. So just like that's what, that's what the church has done. We focused on numbers, focused on pulling people in instead of getting them in Christ. And then we've also focused on beating down the people who are outside of the body of Christ instead of holding the ones inside accountable and, and all of us going in the same direction. So all of that to say the whole point, the whole story of the Mori is <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference in being judgmental and holding people accountable. We hold yeah. others in the body of Christ accountable and we speak the truth in love mm-hmm. to anyone outside the body. Everything I, I know, I remember telling a buddy of mine, he was talking about, um, uh, being invited to a Bible study that was led 
by a lesbian couple. And he said, I don't know why the Lord opened this door for me, but I really feel like I should go. And I said, dude, I believe Jesus would. Yeah. And I said, yeah, for sure. he said, but I know that I'm going to speak truth. And I said, that's fine. Just make sure that every word is led by the spirit and it is dripping with love. Yes. Yeah. And, and I wanted to hit on that, what you said, holding one another accountable. That also has got to be done in love mm-hmm. because there, I think there's, there's been way too many people that have gotten feelings hurt because someone approached them about something they were doing wrong or something they thought they were doing wrong. And they do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You well, can if you're be doing that out of love. That's judgment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even when approaching a brother and sister about something that, that they're doing wrong, do it with love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Because the goal is to call each other up higher. It's not to beat each other down. Yeah. Iron it, sharpens iron. It does not dulls it. That's right. And. A lot of times we've got to look at our heart. What's our motive? Because I can tell you from my personal experience that there have been times in the past where my motive in calling somebody out in their sin was to prove that I was on a much more righteous path than they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look at me. Yeah. I think I said and, this on the on our podcast. You can be right about something that you're doing, but if you're doing it the wrong way, you're just as wrong as if what you're saying is wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember when you did that to me. Where <laughs> you would come at me, you was right, but you came at it at a wrong way, and it pushed me away. Yeah, it made yeah. me just want to. He had every right to say what he was saying, but how he was coming to me was not. Lovely. <laughs> it was not not necessarily in a the most loving manner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it oh, pushed I, me away. One of my best friends, there was something that happened a while back, and I, I'm not going to details or anything, but I agreed with him in what he was saying. It was the way that he went about saying it. And I was like, mm. and I told him, I mean, I'm I'm the type of person that will say it to your face. I'm not gonna say it behind your back. I told him, I said, I don't agree with how you did it. I agree with what you're saying. I don't agree with how you said with how you went about saying it, though. Well, I've been guilty of that with Josh. Like, Johnny, you were saying that about Casey. Well, I've done the same thing with Josh. And my. Like what I said was right, but my motive was selfish and like um, ours had everything to do with leading our family spiritually. Like I was tired of being the one leading my family spiritually. I felt like he needed to be doing it and he did. But all the while I was the one getting in the way of that because I kept trying to control things. And so I stopped him and stunned him from being able to even do that. And then I would turn around and like lash out at him because he wasn't doing it. <laughs> so, I swear you and Tanya are the same person, and me and yeah. Josh, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, but you know, I think also if we're on the spiritual level, I know we're not supposed to say levels, but that's just the way I can explain it better. When he came at me, I had too much pride build up. 
I knew he was right, mm-hmm. but I sure was not going to accept it. Let him know that I knew he was right, and I would go the other way. Yeah. Right. I just had all that pride. But if I would have been where I needed to be and seeing the love coming from him, it would have been a lot more sooner where I needed to be. I think I think we really learned a lot of lessons in all of that because I know I talked about it with Jason last week on the podcast how <clears throat> the beginning of 2022, and I did a video on this, but that's when the Lord really started dealing with me about shut up and get out of my way and trust the Holy spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a, that has been a reoccurring theme in the youth group that I'm in. And just in general, in my quiet time is like the verse John three thirty, I think it is where it just uh, talks about less of me and more of him, because Mm -hmm. as long as you're in his way, he can't do in you what he needs to do because then you're operating in your own power, not his. Exactly. That's where I was. I knew where I was spiritually and I was on a spiritual high that was just so amazing. So naturally, I wanted my whole family and everybody around me to feel that exact same thing. So in my trying to encourage them, what they were at, what I was seeing as encouragement, they were seeing as beating us down. Yeah, legalism and holier than thou and you know, stuff like that. I was just, you know, when I would catch them with, Hey, well, what have you read today? Hey, you know, and all I was saying in that was, Hey, have you read anything that you want to sit down and discuss anything that you didn't understand? Anything you got questions about, you know? And we took it as, are you reading today? (laughs) (laughs) Have you not read anything today? Have you not prayed today? Gosh, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Well, got all these hours in the day. To look at Facebook and answer right. and all other things. <laughs> Sometimes I think that like the person that's being asked, like, you know, hey, what have you read today? Like sometimes they even take it as is that even though if, even if that's not the person's intention. And that's why I think it's so important that we do it out of love. Like we overwhelmingly show love when we're doing it. Because like, I mean, I've been there where I wasn't doing right and I was supposed to be doing right. Like I knew better and I wasn't doing right. And somebody would come up to me, ask that, and I'd be like, uh, like feeling like they were coming at me and being like, why aren't you reading? Why aren't you praying? But they were just, it's, they, it's like I rephrased the question in my head. It goes from, Hey, what have you read to, are you reading? Like mm-hmm. it fully changes how I hear it because of the, the pride and the, the, con- the shame that I have. I, I was going to say mm-hmm. conviction, yeah. but conviction is a good thing. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something like with what Jonna said a minute ago, she, she said that she knew that I was right, but her pride mm-hmm. made her refuse. Yeah. Okay? Well, pride always twists things around. Oh, yes. And that's the enemy's way of keeping people uh, from getting to where they want to be because your pride inside you says, I'm where I need to be, but the shame because of that pride that's in there says, no, you're not where you need to be. And you know it, but that pride, when somebody comes at you and tries to hold you accountable, it's automatically like a dog. Shut up. Right. But anyway, once again, the story of the Mori is when the Holy spirit finally said, shut up and get out of my way. 
And instead of trying to pull on my family like a, a anchor tied to a rope, and I let it go and left them alone, it wasn't just a few weeks, and the whole family's on fire for God. <laughs> they were they're where I wanted them to be the whole time. Yeah, and it only took a matter of weeks, and all I did was shut up and got out of his way. Yep. It's amazing what God would do when we get out of his way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, something that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the, my, my story is kind of similar, but in a completely almost opposite like spectrum I had to get out of the way, but the way that I got out of the way is I had like a major faith crisis. Like I had a moment where I had gone through some things and we had gone through some things. And I just, I had always criticized people who were like blaming God for all the things going wrong in their lives. And when things got bad, they got real bad. and the first thing I said was, I don't understand God. Like I've served you since I was six years old. How dare you let me go through this? Why would you do that to someone who's been so faithful again, that pride about what Mm -hmm. I had done and how I had served him and how dare him let this happen to me. So I went through like my faith went from, off the charts to like none at all. Yeah. And because of that, it forced Josh to step up and lead spiritually. Like he should have been the entire time and it forced him to draw close to God and it forced him to, to lean into God and, and ask God to, he was interceding on my behalf. And I think I I said this, I don't know if it was on the podcast or if I was saying it to a certain person, but I can remember him rolling over at night and wrapping his arms around me. Cause I would be laying in bed crying and he would, he would roll over, wrap his arms around me and he'd start praying for me. And I knew he was praying for me and it would infuriate me. Like, I did not want him praying. Who are you to pray for me? You're one of the reasons I'm hurting. Why are you praying for me? You know, and why are you praying for me? God's another reason I'm hurting, you know? And if he had not stepped up and if he had not led, and honestly, if I had not, if God had not humbled me like he did, I don't know that I would have ever gotten out of the way. I remember the first time that that happened, I wrapped my arms around you and you were trying to push me off of you. Yeah. And I just wrapped you up and I just kept praying and I would not let go. And she just kept pushing and crying harder. And I just, I kept holding on and I just kept praying. (laughs) The kind of what you were saying there, mama makes me think of um, my favorite verse. (laughs) Um, Second Corinthians twelve ten, uh, well twelve nine and ten, and um, basically what it's talking about there is, you know, when we when we when we become weak, 
that's when the true strength comes out because like when you become weak, the thing about it is there's no you to get in the way. (laughs) You're you're so weak. You can't get in the way. Like you physically, you just, you can't, you don't have the power to. And so you're just like, I'm tore down. I don't know what to do. Well, when you, when you're weak and you decide, you know what, I'm giving this to you, God, I'm letting, I'm letting you do it. You're not in his way. So he can do whatever through. you. Yeah. When we, it's it's funny, those verses right there got me through uh, a really tough season, too. They me were too. some of the primary verses. But it's funny when, you know, I can see God a lot of times when we're fighting and struggling and struggling and fighting. And then finally we go, God, I just can't do this. And then him saying, I thought you was never going to get it. <laughs> yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> oh, I know he felt like that with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know he did. I know he did. He's like, finally, I can almost you understand. hear his voice saying, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to work overtime on you. Woo. I had to put you through hell before you finally got it. <laughs> but that's the, that's the beautiful thing is, you know, a lot of people have the idea that God is so loving. He's so merciful and so graceful. He is. But God cannot, you know, he's not ever going to allow anything to hurt me or put me through any kind of test or any of that stuff. No, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, God loves you too much to let that happen. Mm. Let let me say it like this. Here's the truth. God loves you enough to do whatever it takes to get your attention. Yes. Yep. And we've all been through some situations and there's other people who have been through a lot worse situations. I know I have a really close friend who had to go through a really traumatic situation. Uh, and it's, you know, been dragging on for years and he's still in it. Uh, for the Lord to get his attention. But, you know, he loves us enough to get our attention. Yeah. He will do everything possible with exception of breaking our free will mm-hmm. to get our attention. I want to go back to something you was talking about you leading the family. Mm-hmm. And here's where I find, and we've encountered this a lot with different people that we know and, and how we've tried to, talk to them about this stuff. There's a lot of times where it seems like it goes both ways, but it seems like there's a lot of marriages where the wife is saved and the husband is not, or the wife is saved and the husband is says he is, but he just lukewarm or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, And there's that tug of war, like for the woman, she don't want to lead because it's the man's job. The man don't want to lead because he's ain't got no time for it. He's he'd rather be concerned with his job and his hobbies instead of focusing on getting a word from the Lord about the direction of his family. Yeah. But I've always told women this. And it goes both ways, uh, whichever way the situation is. But if a woman is in a position where her husband don't want to lead the family, 
it's her responsibility to step up and be the spiritual leader of the family until that husband is ready to do his God child duty. Right. Now, there's a lot of women who don't want to step up because they're like, well, that's not my job. I'm not the man that he should be doing that. But there's also some who step up and start leading. And then when their husband is in a spiritual position to start doing what God has called him to do, they don't want to relinquish the power. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So um, my thought process, and I can only speak from my experience because um, I don't really know that I've encountered anyone that's gone through this similar situation. If they have, I don't know about it. But my experience was that I'd been saved since I was six years old. I'd went, I'd been in church all of my life, very active in my youth, on fire for God, very active in um, worship ministry and just all these different things. And I mean, I had a couple transition periods that I pulled away a little bit, but I always went back. Um, the pull that was on my heart was just, it was always so strong that I could never get away from God for very long at all. I was always running back to him and being like, man, I was so stupid. Why did I even pull away in the first place? Mm -hmm. Um, so in my mind, when Josh and I started dating, he was not saved, had never really been to church, maybe once or twice. Um, and he started going to church with me. He was very eager to go to church with me. Um, but he never like really surrendered until either right before or right after we got married. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's only been 21 years ago. It was right after. <laughs> and um, that was during a period where I had kind of pulled away. Well, I felt that tug and I was like, we've got to get back in church. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And I had this set of um, not really morals, but this idea of rules that I had to follow that I felt like were what was expected of me. Hmm. So I knew what was required. I'd been doing this since I was six. Well, actually, before that, that's just when I actually prayed the the sinner's prayer. Um, and that was all I knew. So, like, I've, I've always been doing it. So I was like, I got this. You know, I know what we need to do. And he's a baby Christian. He doesn't really know what to do. So I'm going to step in there and I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to take the reins and I'm going to run with it. Because I didn't have the confidence in him that even as a baby Christian, he could still lead my family as long as he was leaning on Christ. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the confidence in him that he would do that. I had so much pride that I got this. I don't need help. I got it. And it gave him no drive, no will, no no um want to get closer to god because he leaned on me for that Mm -hmm. and he would always say i can remember him saying 
when you're laughing because you know what I'm going to say. I can remember him telling me that I was his angel. He said, you're my angel because without you, I wouldn't even know who Christ was. Without you, I wouldn't have Christ in my life. I wouldn't be a Christ follower. I would be busting hell wide open. And I remember telling him, oh, no, that's not me. That's all God. But in the the whole while in my head, I'm like, my pride is kicking in and like, yeah, you're doggone right. I led you to Christ and I Mm -hmm. did this and I did that. And I'm trying really hard, Jonna, not to be shamed about that. Because (laughs) I know that condemnation and shame are not from God. Um, But it is something I struggle with because I look back on that and I think of how I stunted his growth because of my pride. And I think we've all, I think uh, with the exception of Connor, probably, um, we've probably all listened to the XO marriage, Jimmy Evans, Dave and Ashley Willis, um, and one of their biggest things that they drive home is that a man's one of his top needs, if not his top need, is not, you know, a physical relationship with his wife. It's respect. respect. And I did not give him respect because I did not respect him. I did not believe in him. I did not have confidence in him. And so for me, it was a completely pride driven thing. But I do think that if the opportunity had arisen where he was like, I'm ready, like I'm really ready to lead this family, whether he said it in words or actions or whatever, I fully believe in my heart that until I was humbled and brought to my knees, I would have been like that woman you just described. And I would have been like, Mm-mm, I got this. Mm. You know, I'm going to take care of it. Um, and it did get tiring sometimes. So there were times I wanted to be that other woman you talked about where I was, you know, like, I want to throw my hands up. Why do I always have to be the perfect one? Why do I always have to do this? Why do I always have to set the example? Why do I always have to teach the kids that this is the way a loving marriage should be, or this is the way a biblical marriage should be, or this is the way a biblical home should be. But, you know, the key is getting rid of that pride, regardless of which woman you are, you've got to lay down that pride. And until you do, nothing is going to change because it's always going to get in the way. And there's other like kind of aspects to that too because like even as as a youth who has been following god and stuff like there's a whole lot of youth that don't Mm -hmm. and they're and in some ways they're not as mature and in a lot of ways they're not as mature and you know i've looked at mama before when i was talking to her about some things that i was struggling with and being like why do i always have to be the bigger person like it gets tiring. It's it's not always easy to be, you know, to, to do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It is worth it. It is not easy. And that is, okay. and I feel like in some way that was, that was my pride getting in the way. Cause I was trying to always be the better part, the, the mm-hmm. bigger person, instead of just letting God say whatever he wanted to through me. And if I do that, I'm going to be the bigger person because he's, 
obviously going to say what I'm supposed to say. Well, but Connor, was, you said it a million times. You can be prideful about how humble you are. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. So. Like that. That's something that I struggled with when I first got saved and stuff. Was I would be like, and it wasn't like an out loud thing. I've never been like somebody who boasts about how humble he is out loud. But like, even to myself, I'd be like, yeah. "Well, I'm way more humble than them." Or right? like. Like, you know, kind of just in my head stuff. And that's just as bad. Because well, that's where it starts. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Lives. That's where it starts. Every, every battle that you start with starts in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like this. I'm the most humble person in this world. If you don't believe me, just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Basically. But, but no, I mean, here, here's the thing. Since we're on that. Here's a big key for every believer to really take to heart. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter how long you've been born again. It don't matter what your position or your title or any of that garbage. <clears throat> anytime the enemy or anytime the Lord uses you, the enemy will sneak in and try to implant pride. Yep. He will try to make you go from look what the Lord has done to look what the Lord did through me. Mm-hmm. Look what I did for the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to keep our thumb on that. Yeah. Because that's a huge, huge issue in the church is people going from look at God to look at me. And one of the biggest things that I have seen in the church is people who are anointed, people who have different gifts or, or whatever. And they, people start like that. I have no problem with someone saying, Hey, I love that preacher. And I love to listen to them every chance I get. And if they're in my town, I'm going to their, I'm going to their church to to hear them or whatever. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is people saying, oh, that man is a healer and he's having a tent revival in my town next week. So I've got to get there so that I can get my healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have just started. Uh, you have just started exalting. The man the yeah. You've just yep. started exalting the gift over the gift giver. Mm. And that's right. a problem. Right. It's not about the man, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the enemy will always try to find ways to sneak pride in Tanya. Like you said, all of your life growing up in church, doing all of the good stuff and being a good little girl and all this other stuff. And you just thought you had it all figured out. And, it's so easy for that to happen. So going all the way back to what we began this conversation with about judgmentalism and, and accountability, mm-hmm. that's where we've got to make sure in the body of Christ that our pride is not getting in the way and causing us to not approach people in love. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And with that said, unless y'all got anything else, we no, can wrap think, this puppy up. 
I think we're good. I think we're good. Well, actually, I do have something. Uh Uh-oh. Well, going back to like like you being the spiritual leader and, you know, us following the man and all that other stuff, uh, I did realize when he went to man camp, you know, I had all week by myself. And God just really poured into me. Where are you spiritually? If something was to happen to him, what would you do with your family? Mm-hmm. And of course, I was like, well, God, I'm still going to love you. He's like, but where would you be? And at that moment, like that week, I really dug in. And I was like, I would really have to step up. Mm-hmm. I would need to show them the way. So I think that's really important that we all need to look at not wishing you away or nothing like that, but you need to be right there with your spiritual leader mm-hmm. of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we are not promised tomorrow, and you need to be ready with or without them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's good. That's a that's a real good. I think that's a a real good way to end it. I don't even think yeah. that you've ever told me that. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how we do it on after what? Amen. We close out in prayer. So, Casey, would you close out in prayer, Will? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for our kingdom family. We thank you, Lord, for these connections that you have made uh, with all of these different people across the country. Lord, you have just spun this web, and we don't have any idea what your full plan is. But, Lord, we just just open our hearts and our arms to you, and, and we just say we're here and we're along for the ride. Spirit wind, blow us wherever you desire to blow us. Let us be who you've called us to be in this earth. Father, I pray for blessings over both of these uh, podcasts, over both of these families, over all of our kingdom family. And Father, we just we just pray for more. Yes. More of your anointing, more of your more of your compassion toward everybody that we come in contact with. Father, draw people to us. Open up doors for them to hear these podcasts, open up doors for them to meet us in person and see the love of Jesus like they have never seen and felt it before. Yes. We love you. We give you all praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.